Welcome to the Midwest Nice Podcast, the show with honest political discourse dipped in ranch. This is your host, John Flynn, and today I'm joined by Lauren Kaufman, Amy Lipka, and Muriel Brown-Fallon. Keep your accent strong and the Superman ice cream close by, because you're going to need it. Let's get the show started. Another quick three-week hiatus. Uh, quick three-week. <laughs> quick three-week hiatus. You can't rush perfection is basically what it comes down to. And you to. can't tell us what to do. Yeah. True. I sound <laughs> really nasally today because I feel like I've been just getting over a cold for like six months. That's Me too. actually why we were gone for the last three weeks. Yeah, John that's a better excuse well, than so. that we just Yeah, John got scarlet fever. So we're scarlet back fever. now, though. No, we're recovered. I did have a respiratory infection, and I feel like it's just not going away. Yeah, so quick... Rewind, what is Superman ice cream? Because that's one that I have not heard yet. It's, what you does it so taste like? so much to learn. It's, so. it's like, <laughs> it's, it tastes like, like bubble gum or like Ooh. Blue Moon, but that's like another it's like Midwest eight different, thing. What's I Blue Moon? It and it was okay, like, never mind. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> what um, is, wait, Blue Moon, like the beer? No, like it's ice cream too. It's ice yeah. cream flavor, Blue Moon. It's ice blue. cream. I'm Googling it's this. It comes right from now. Blue Cows. Mm. Um, mm hmm. So yeah, that's, what said, that's what they teach us here in Superman, public school. Yeah, Superman is like all these different colors mixed together, and it's like I didn't even realize what it was. <laughs> oh God! It's oh, John, it looks like Play-Doh. In case you were yes. wondering what it was, yeah, there's like. like lemon and fago. No one but you was wondering what it looks flavors. like. If you mix yeah. it in with cookie dough, it's called Play-Doh ice cream. Oh, would that be good? That sounds Probably. terrible, but honestly, Midwest, really if it sounds really bad, then you all love it and cherish it as your own. That's okay. true. It that originated true. at Stroh's Ice Cream. And where is that? Which is related to Stroh's Beer from Detroit. Oh. Hmm. Nice. You learn something new every day, don't you? You do, mm-hmm. especially uh, on this podcast. If anybody can think of a, an actual flavor that Superman ice cream tastes like, Please comment or tweet mm-hmm. at us. All right, we'll we'll put that out to the public. Maybe give a yeah. poll, we'll Instagram poll. We'll table it. We'll, we'll put it in the parking it. lot. Mm-hmm. Put a pin in it. Mm-hmm. What yeah. else we got? That's it. What other business That's terms it. do you have that you can use? I don't know. Um, yeah, and so this is also a very special episode because our very own Mariel Brown Fallon is moving back to the East Coast. <laughs> she is uh, dead to us, <laughs> and she's leaving. And we hope she fails. <laughs> yeah, but the thing that you need to make sure that you tell people is that I'm not leaving this podcast. Technology is a wonderful, beautiful thing. It means that I will still be able to participate from afar. And John's really upset right now. He won't even look at me, but it's going to be all right, people. I'm looking the other direction. <laughs> and you you will still have to talk about the Midwest, though. You I get know. another sad trombone. <laughs> Two sad trombones. Fine. <laughs> Mariel, will you be a Midwestern brand ambassador? I absolutely will. Great. Will you tell everyone about the Midwestern foods that you've discovered? Excuse me, friends. Have you heard of canned fruit covered in nasty fluff? Well, as a brand ambassador, you will not get paid. And well, you only get paid if you sign up other people. It is multi-level marketing. Join our MLM, you guys. That's what we do best in the Midwest. They do a lot of that in the Midwest. And also Utah. Is that like a? I mean, well, in Grand Rapids is where I am. That they sort of kicked it all off, right? They were the OG 
big multi-level marketing company. Yeah, can you give the company. give the short recap of what Amway is and how it started here and and how it gave oh, birth to the modern? Am, that's I a whole other podcast, Mariel. We should I, do like a special edition. John, I, John knows so much weird stuff, the though. Basic, I know you know. The only basic things I know is that they were very pyramid schemey, and the only way they're sort of getting away with it is that they do have products that they sell. They were under huge investigation by the federal government, and then the the patriarch of the family, Richard DeVos, he uh, donated a shitload of money to Ronald Reagan's election campaign, oh. and then he gets elected, and like the second day he was in office or something, he like wiped the whole investigation. Well, I think into the other Amway thing out. is they were also good friends with Gerald Ford, also from Michigan. Mm. So when he was in office, then like nothing bad was going to happen to the DeVosses. So. Right. Oh, yeah, Gerald Ford's from Grand Rapids. It mm-hmm. was a similar time where they were just directly funneling money to campaigns <laughs> instead of like routing right. it through foreign it's, countries. It was quaint, really. Yeah. There's quaint. a great episode on another podcast about it. It's called The Dream. It's oh, pretty yes. good. There was also um, an edition that was in Owasso, mm-hmm. Michigan, which mm-hmm. was. Um, but don't listen to any other podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We will. We will give you a quick loadout. <laughs> or you will be dead to us just as Mariel is. Let that leaving. be a lesson. R.I.P. Thank you. Me. Okay. Anyways, there is some political stuff to talk about. Uh, the last episode that we uh, that we did, we talked mostly about uh, the lame duck session that was happening in the legislature. So that's obviously past now. We're in the new year. So we wanted to sort of recap um, all the things. Well, not all the things. The major things uh, that got passed, the major things that got vetoed, and all of that jazz. Um, so one of the biggest things that uh, I guess also happened the most recently was there was a... We talked about it in the last time that there was some power grabs that were happening from the Michigan GOP, same as what happened previously in North Carolina and, in, and then in Wisconsin, where the uh, the GOP was trying to pass some bills in order to limit the power of the incoming uh, governor, attorney general, the, the Democrats, basically, who won in the state. Um, one of the bigger things that was uh, they were trying to pass that got to Rick Snyder's desk was um, something giving the legislature the ability to intervene in certain lawsuits involving the government, um, which is a power that's normally reserved only for the attorney general. And uh, it got to all the way to Rick Snyder's desk, and he actually vetoed it. So, Thanks, Rick Snyder, for doing the bare minimum. Yeah, the absolute bare minimum, because trust <laughs> me, he did a bunch of other terrible things. Um, and that's literally the job of the attorney general is to, uh, you know, be able to intervene in lawsuits. So right. I just feel like, come on, guys. Good one. But we're not going to give you too many kudos for that, Snyder, because it's like, okay, thanks. Yeah. But, yeah. It was pretty basic. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so that was, you know, it, I guess you could call it a victory, but with everything else going on, I, I think it was a pretty pretty bitter victory for a lot of people. Um, because one of the bigger things that he did pass uh, were two bills that we talked about uh, a lot in our last episode. One was to slow the minimum wage boost. Um, that So it was, going, it was on its way to being a ballot initiative, and the Michigan GOP decided to be sneaky, and they passed it themselves so that they could gut it later. Well, people predicted that they were doing that so that they could gut it later. They did exactly that. They passed the bill to gut it. It got to Rick Snyder's desk, and he signed it. So that happened. And then the same thing with another bill uh, that was to gut the expanded paid sick leave um, that the, the, the GOP was trying to pass in that same sneaky way, which isn't cool. Uh, Lauren, you look like you have some thoughts. No? Not well, right now. Not yet. Could we just she, get she's a, upset. Could we get a damn it, Jerry, for those? 
Um, yeah, hold on a second. Damn it, Jerry. There we go. Okay. Thank you. Damn yeah, it, Jerry. So, damn it, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Ricky. Um, so he passed that. Another terrible one that he signed was uh, a bill to make ballot drives uh, more difficult, basically. So what it's doing is shortening the amount of time uh, that people have to collect ballots to try to get a ballot initiative on the ballot. Um, and then also another part of it was that it requires that uh, no more than 15% of signatures come from each district. So you have to like, you know, you, you can't just go to the major cities and get the majority of your, so you can't do it based on population. Basically you have to spread out the influence of it into all the different districts. The major cities where the majority of people, the people right. live. So you have to right. basically like throw out signatures. Yeah. Yeah, you can cool. submit cool, them. Cool, 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 cool. Um, but yeah. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. But no cool, more cool, than fifteen cool, percent cool. from each district. And also, we obviously yeah. know that like the more diverse populations, the populations in the state that are probably going to be more left, liberal leaning, more progressive, are going to be concentrated in the cities. So it kind of uh, undercuts those folks and their voice and their ability to be represented. Yeah, because again, it's like. Um, it's just the fact is that the majority of the people live in those places, so you yeah. need to be going to those people and getting their their signatures. And so like, it's just silly. Thinking of like Michigan's first district and how rural it is and how hard it is to like get a concentration of people other than Traverse City, you know, versus right. kind of any other district, right? Yeah, where there's snow, massive snow, for eight like months a out of the year, portion of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and yeah, just logistically, like people are so much more spread out. And there's not Mm -hmm. as many people in those districts, so you need... Yeah, it's going to make it really difficult, and uh, it's not good. Anyways, uh, so next thing, another terrible thing that he decided to sign. So he signed a bill that's uh, uh, basically making government regulations more difficult to enact. So the bill requires that um, if you're trying to get a new government regulation put in place, you have to demonstrate that there's a clear and convincing need for it to be a stronger regulation than federal regulations. So weird that they waited until now to sign that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so very odd and also very vague. Yeah, like, to clear and convincing to who? That's completely subjective. To the Michigan GOP that controls the, you know, the mm-hmm. legislature. Right. I'm guessing. Yes. So, yeah, not great. Not great. Um, yeah, and then another, there was a, a ton of them that he signed. Some of them were less significant than others. Uh, one that, that did uh, have a little bit of controversy surrounding it, there was a little bit of press about it, was there was a bill that was uh, passed to legalize on- online gambling in the state, and he actually vetoed that, um, which I don't know if I'm surprised about or not. Um, maybe he's gotten donations from actual casinos in Detroit. That's probably what happened. Interesting um, that that was part of the lame duck proceedings. Yeah. Interesting what was not part of the lame duck. I mean, I well, feel like they just true. threw everything An- but the Kenjin section there. So. Another one that he signed was to make it legal to breed large predators in Michigan, like lions what? and tigers and stuff. He made it legal to do that? Yeah. Which, what? I'm well, it's, I'm sure it's for, like, you know, conservation purposes and all that, but apparently it wasn't legal it's before. It's that bear petting zoo up north. That's what it's <laughs> There's all a bear about. petting zoo up north. There, <laughs> there is. Sure. There is. Are talking. you kidding me? In the UP. No. It's like rescued bears. It's like a regular stop yeah. that people... Mm-hmm. Guess you won't get to go there, Mariel. <laughs> I'm have, not leaving forever, have, John. Do they have one in Massachusetts? She'll be back we'll fight the about bears. this later. <laughs> not in front of the kids. Not in front of the kids. Not in front of the kids. So yeah, there's a bunch of small bills like that. 
Uh, also, because they tried to pass so many things at one time, a lot of stuff got dropped um, before it was able to be passed. So there was a lot of like the uni- the anti-union bills that mm-hmm. they did decide oh, yeah. to drop kind of okay. at the last minute because they didn't have the votes. So right. That's something. Mm. Yeah, they passed like, it was like 300 something yeah. and vetoed 22 or 52 or something like that. That is wild. I should have just pulled up the thing that I got all this information off of. But And that should alarm every single, that, kind of that should alarm every single one of you that like, our legislators are reviewing in that short of a time that many bills. Do you really think that they have the time to be looking over every single thing, reading all the language and making a decision like based on what they believe? Like, no, they're just probably being told by other people uh, in we, line with their party. We vote with our guts here. We right? vote with our guts. I got my guts. Just like Trump. <laughs> my guns. I don't need science. I have instinct. And my grit. And grit, that's what I vote guns, with. God, amen. Well, yeah. the idea that they were in session for over 24 hours one day, the idea that anyone can do any rational decision-making right. during yeah. that time period or that they're um, when they're trying to pass so many bills in that um, 24 mm-hmm. hours, sure. it's a problem. Everyone remembers those all-nighters and they pulled in college and then voted <laughs> on something that work. would affect millions of people. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Easy. Easy. Classic. Classic college. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a nice quick... Uh, quick recap of everything that got passed in the in the lane duck and so we can move on to another segment so normally this is when we would do trivia or something like that but it is a special occasion as we said mariel is moving back uh to the east coast back to massachusetts and we wanted to know she was a midwestern transplant for a year and so all of us were you know born and raised here so it's interesting perspectives on living here for a year coming from outside of it so we wanted to hear some some key takeaways, some lessons, some... Uh... Yeah. I, first of all, I just don't like the way you're talking about this, John, because I will be back so frequently. I'm still participating in the podcast. I need everybody to know that because I know you're here for me. I know you're... I don't know, even know who these people if are, If you actually. all unsubscribe now, I'm going to be so mad. It's John's fault. <laughs> well, then we'll have the proof we need. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I think that when I came here, I kind of... Uh, I didn't really... I just kind of like dove in head first and closed my eyes and was like, this is fine. This is going to be great. I know no one. I know nothing about the Midwest. But hey, let's let's have an open heart and an open mind. And I found that mostly people had semi-open hearts and semi-open minds here in the Midwest. Um, I mean, I loved it. And um, I had a good experience. I think that like I had a few takeaways. So top line takeaways. Um are first and foremost that I definitely painted the Midwest with like a super broad brush. Like I don't, I feel like I had no idea how strong the sense of like separate individual state identities here were. Um, I kind of looked at the Midwest and I was like, okay, it's this geographical region. Everybody likes cheese. Everybody's kind of like has a farm maybe. And everybody, like, is a little bit conservative and is dirty and works at a, a car plant all or something that like that. True. I was going to say, so I'm all of the things you're just that you're talk- saying. You're <laughs> just talking about Cedar Springs. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that, you know, yeah, I didn't know about, like, the little differences in culture, the little rivals that exist between, like, you know, Ohio and Michigan, between 
Wisconsin and Michigan and who's the best mitten state between Kansas and no one. Um, <laughs> no idea. Right. Um, between Missouri and no one. Between Missouri and no one. Um, and that each state has its own nasty and bizarre food traditions. Like that was such a beautiful surprise to me. And I've loved learning about those with you all. So I think the Midwest is a beautifully diverse place. Lots of stuff happening here. So I think that that was one of my takeaways. Another takeaway um, for me is that people drive like shit here. Um, and I'm sorry to say that. I know that sounds harsh. And I know that that sounds wild coming from someone who's from Massachusetts. Um, but let me explain myself. Because people in Massachusetts, at least, they drive aggressively. They drive fast. They're not nice. They flip you the finger. And they don't care. Anyway, that's a Boston accent. Um, please laugh. Please clap. I hate so no? much okay, great. about the um, things that you choose to be. But uh, the reason why people drive badly here is because they are very nice. And they are not aggressive and they're timid. And then when people try to merge, they merge immediately. They don't understand what a zipper merge is. Anyway, y'all can read about this in a driver's ed manual, which maybe I'll give you all as parting gifts. But, uh, yeah, so y'all need to learn how to drive. And Lauren is giving me the scariest look of my life right now. I like that people are nice here. Mean people are mean. (laughs) I mean, yeah. You just made a lot of enemies. I I don't know. I'm letting you stew. So that's really awkward because you all are so mad about it. I'm letting you stew in the awkwardness of that. I'm not going to transition. All right. Well, I'm sorry. You all need to learn how to zipper merge. Um, You got to Google it because you all are causing traffic jams, especially here in Lansing. The roads are terrible and... You all just yeah, like that's merge. why we have to be nice because the roads try to kill us right <laughs> every day. You can't trust the roads. Also, How can you trust the drivers? If one person tries to do a zipper merge, you're just never gonna get through. <laughs> uh, that's not true, but okay. And you all asked for my opinions, so y'all can. Yeah, cool but it. we're allowed to. We're, we're allowed a rebuttal. This isn't supposed to be a fight. This, this yeah. isn't supposed to be a fight. This is this is the democratic response to Trump's wall speech right here. All right, it's, it's fine. What's happening. Fine. Okay. People may find value in reading a car manual about how to drive. Sorry, that was rude of me. I was a little too assertive. I'll back that up. Anyway, next thing. So, yeah, painted the Midwest with the broad brush. It's a diverse place. I think that people can maybe benefit from uh, driving a little bit more assertively. I think that's the other thing. Um, The other thing is that Midwest nice is definitely a real thing. I think people here are sweet, and I think that they're extremely well-mannered. Um, they like, you know, ask how you're doing. It seems like they genuinely care to know the answer. They wave you across the crosswalk. They say, oh, let me sneak right past you. Grab the ranch. Grab the uh, weird cheese that I'm going to grab. Grab whatever the heck else you're grabbing. Um, but You can't leave the house without getting cheese? <laughs> no, you really can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think that also like on a more serious note i feel like it's people are nice but i feel like it's more of like a politeness rather than a night like a niceness because at the end of the day it has felt weird sometimes like walking around here walking around michigan and other midwestern states and like looking at people and knowing that like 50 percent of the people here voted for trump and like it doesn't mean that they're bad people and um you know, it's not really scary because people are generally really polite, but it is a weird feeling to like be some places in West Michigan where I was and to feel like very aware of like 
how I was presenting myself and aware of the fact that I was maybe seen as like an outsider in those places. That was a really interesting experience for me. Um, and so I think that people are definitely super nice here, but I think that there's also this like hard traditional thing happening here too, where it's like, I've lived here my whole life and like what I believe is what I believe and I will be nice to anybody. But like at the end of the day, only me and God will judge. You know what I mean? It's kind of like those vibes. So it's a little scary. It's a little intimidating, but I still did like it. People were super nice. Um, and then, like, you know, the cost of living is incredibly low. I walked into a bar. My jaw dropped when I saw a drink was $3 and it had alcohol in it. I was like, oh, cool. Is that soda? They're like, no, it's soda and booze. I was like, oh, that's sick. Never <laughs> leaving. Um, so that's pretty amazing. Um, and then... I don't know. And then in terms of like funny things that have happened, the only thing is, um, I guess like until you leave the place that you're from, you really don't know what's like regional terms and dialect and what is not. And so one time I was in the office here where we work and I was talking to people and I had gone on a trip and they were like, oh, how was your trip? And I was like, oh, it was awesome. Like it was after the midterm. So I was like, you know. It was great. I really leaned into my relaxation. I got on the plane. Um, you know, I got a drink. They came out with these nips. Um, and I was really excited about it. And they were like, their eyes bugged out of their face because they're like, you just said nips. We're in an office right now. I was like, yeah. And then I just kept talking. I was like, yeah. So like, you know, usually I, when I found out that you could bring nips on an airplane, like it was really all over for me. And they were all like, what the hell are you saying? I filed an HR complaint. <laughs> yeah. They're all like, what are you saying? And I was like, it was a hostile work environment. For a while. <laughs> I was like, what are you saying? What am I saying? I'm saying nips. I don't know what you think I'm saying. Anyway, I learned a valuable lesson that day, which is that nips is apparently a regional term for those little, like you go to the liquor store, those tiny little bottles of liquor that are like the one drink size that you get on an airplane. Shooters. 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 We call those nips, and apparently I did. So I yeah, I learned a hard lesson that day. I was extremely embarrassed. People thought I was saying something that I wasn't in a public vulgar. place. It sounded vulgar. It sounded gross, but it was kind of funny. And I learned really interesting fact is that the only places in the world that say nips are new, like the north northeastern New England states and Scotland. <laughs> so those are the only places that refer to those little bottles of alcohol as nips. I didn't know that. And guess what? I'm a better person from moving to the Midwest, terrifying my coworkers, and then bringing it all back and being like, okay, we're okay. Please don't call HR on me. Thank you. Yeah, still on the fence about that. <laughs> but they're definitely called shooters. All right. Well, I just think that when I think of shooters, I think of those things like you're in a club and they're mm -hmm. like these tall tubes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you not? No, what are those called? What are those called? Shooters. I think Do we do that here? <laughs> I think they, I would call those shooters, too. So yeah. two, it's the same thing. If you shoot it, it's a shooter. Same name. If, you, sh if you shoot it, it's a shooter. I yeah. like that. The like, English language. You'll remember, Gun, Guns are also called shooters. Shooter. It's a shooter. Yeah. Shooter, shooter, shooter. The English language really is a rich tapestry. That's what, <laughs> what we can all agree on here. It is. Um, so anyway, I think that I've learned a lot. I'm totally being hard on you guys about the driving thing. But... Um, yeah, I loved it here. It was wonderful. And I'll also be coming back frequently. So I feel like I'll have like a dual citizenship of sorts. I mm -hmm. hope that you'll accept that. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's up to us. It is. You're mm -hmm. right. It's not up to 
to me to decide that. So you'll let me know. Uh, I just played the clip of you're going to build the wall. Mm, I was going to make a Trump joke, so I'm glad someone. someone No dual citizenship. Mariel and Lauren don't have headphones on today, so I keep forgetting that you guys can't hear. Right, it's just me and Amy chuckling about this. No, it'll be a surprise when I listen to it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's really what makes it fun for everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any any other thoughts? Questions, comments, concerns? I mean, no, I hope I didn't just embarrass myself with everything I said. The way that you guys looked at me when I talked about your driving was honestly scary. Here's the thing. You you did say, lesson one, I had previously painted Midwesterners (laughs) with too broad of a brush. Two, all of you suck at driving in the entire Midwest. Yes. Our roads are so bad that our defensive driving is against the roads, (laughs) not other drivers. We're fighting fighting the road. (laughs) And kids on overpass. Did you see that crazy story what? that happened in Michigan? The kids were on an overpass and threw a rock over it, and it killed yeah. somebody. And then they they, they got it's horrible. Yeah, and they got charged with murder because oh they murdered God. a person. Like four kids. Like mm-hmm. not, I say, kids. They're like sixteen or something. That's a very tragic situation all around. Yeah, I think all they're around. just giving them like, I don't know. They're not charging them with murder or something. But it was crazy. Anyways, yeah, you have to contend with a lot of things. On the roads here. In I, I will give you that. Yes, the roads are absolutely terrible. Um, but, yeah, that's all I got. So thanks, everyone, for being welcoming and accepting of me. Um, and I will continue to uh, talk to you about stuff from the East Coast. But uh, I won't, yeah, I won't be the voice Hello, of the Midwest. I will give, help give a voice to the Midwest. Uh, what do you think about that? I'm, I'm, playing Hello, I'm playing Hello Darkness, my old friend, in the background of what you're saying right now. Cool, John. But it's good now. It was really funny. That was touching. <laughs> Just so you get it. It sounded super touching with the song behind it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was great. That was a great wrap-up. Great perspectives. Great. And speaking of roads, easy way to roll right into our next segment. Roll! Fixing the damn roads. Boom. With our one and only Gretchen Whitmer, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, okay. as of January 1st. To be fair, she's she's not on the podcast right now. It kind of sounded <laughs> like yet. you were like, welcome. Not yet. <laughs> so, no, don't get your hopes that high for this podcast. We are not there. I'm sorry, everyone. Not yet, anyways. Uh, yeah, so Gretchen Whitmer, January 1st, she was inaugurated as the governor of the state. Um, it was pretty great. Uh, <laughs> John, you were, you were there, right? At the inauguration? Yeah. Yeah, That's I was cool. there. How was it? <laughs> We were questioning you. Like an and you were there the day of the inauguration. <laughs> is or is that not correct? It was great. Speeches were great. Yeah, this is very, I have like one light bulb shining at my face right now. Uh, the speeches went great. There was uh, people represented from all the aspects of government and all the different uh, groups in Michigan. It was quite cold. Yeah, it was cold. It was chilly. Mm-hmm. Warm um, Michigan welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which then like for the two weeks after that, it's been like 50 degrees every day, so that would have been a nice day out. But anyway, so... That was very nice, and then they had a. There was a very nice governor's ball that several of us went to that night in Detroit. Very fun time. Good seeing everybody, uh, and a good sort of end cap and to celebrate the successes of all the uh, yeah successes that we had as a Democratic Party here in the state. So it was great. And then Gretchen Whitmer. So the big thing that we want to talk about is the one of the first things that she did uh, after becoming governor was she released this list of. Uh, uh, executive actions. Um, I don't know what the proper term for it. Executive actions, executive Orders. statements. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I figured there was 10 main ones, so we're going to go through 
and just discuss the ones that she that she put out and i think they're all great and it's a it's not a <laughs> ranking we like all of them yeah just being super nice because i wanted to be at the podcast uh that'll never happen we love you um, yeah. so first one uh it was you know definitely symbolic that this was the very first one and it um is requiring state employees to report public health health issues putting some i guess more formal things in place to make sure that people state employees aren't afraid to you know report possible public health issues that might make their uh, the organizations or uh, agencies that they work for look bad. Um, and it's a direct response to the uh, Flint water crisis uh, situation happening and, you know, the, the, the domino effect of bad things along with that. Uh, some of it was definitely started with some state employees who were afraid to uh, publish their findings or... Uh, alert the proper supervisors, authorities, uh, things like that, because they didn't want to make their agencies look bad. And then, you know, it spirals out of control over time and just makes everything worse. So this is definitely a symbolic action to say that we're not going to stand for things like that anymore. Uh, definitely the previous governor, Rick Snyder, took a lot of well-deserved heat for how his government handled it, how he handled it personally. Um, and so, yeah, it's looking from the very get-go, like, this isn't a problem that's going to happen with Gretchen Whitmer's administration. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, with the Flint water crisis, everything from the lead in the pipes to the um, Legionnaires situation to PFAS in Ann Arbor and Rockford and other communities across the state, I think it's really great to see her taking taking action from the get-go and really um, making sure that something like that doesn't happen again and holding everyone in government accountable. Mm-hmm. So, like... It's not just the lowest person in the office who actually sees something who's responsible. They have to tell their boss who has to tell their boss, and everyone on the chain is responsible for keeping Michigan residents safe because that's their job. That's why we are paying them to do those jobs. Mm-hmm. So it's great. Yeah. So the, the second executive action is uh, the gist of it is that anyone in the executive branch has to immediately report any irregularity or discrepancy involving public money or public property to their department director. So there, this one and then several more of the actions are directly trying to attack um, the lack of transparency in Michigan government. I think they were not voted or it was stated that Michigan had the, the worst government transparency in the country, state government transparency. Yep. So this is obviously, you know, trying to, to wrangle that in and hopefully that's, you know, these executive actions will will help with that. Um, The third one is uh, setting ethics standards for open and honest government and pro-government transparency. So I think it was a list of 11, like uh, the the big ethics standards that they wanted to follow. I don't have the list in front of me, but uh, I'm sure they're all great. (laughs) Um, Then uh, the fourth is prohibiting anyone who's working for a, any sort of government agency from using uh, funds, personnel, office space, computer hardware, or property to make a contribution or volunteer services uh, to something political uh, as far as the the Michigan Campaign Finance, Finance Act goes. I think this is probably a direct response to a lot of the allegations against uh, the former Attorney General Bill mm-hmm. Schuette, who was, I think, definitely using uh, a lot of his resources as Attorney General in the state position to help his own political uh, career. Shady Judy. 
Shady Shooty, he's out of the picture now. What's yeah? What's what shady? is he doing? He's probably on his island with all of his buried non tax money. Scooter, he's on that scooter still. Shooty on a scooter, scooting around. He's probably got a job as shoot shoot on the scoot for, scoot. I don't know something terrible, terrible man. already. Yeah, thank you. Next, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, number five is uh, again. I think part of that, and it's banning the use of private email to conduct state business. That was something else that was, you know, part of that whole scandal. So another good executive action. Number six requires government agencies to examine each action for their budget implications, um, which I think is a good idea. So, you know, Michigan has a history of running into budget issues, especially when we're trying to uh, sort of the the platform that that, uh, Gretchen is on is trying to really overhaul Michigan's infrastructure. So um, obviously there's going to be some some budgeting that needs to be done with that. And so they're trying to make sure that everything is running as smoothly as possible and there isn't a lot of waste. And I don't know if, like, this was part of the conversation at all with this, but hopefully something, um, like, that that will hopefully help public schools here in Michigan um, in terms of just, like, yeah, making sure we think about the whole picture. Like, I also know we didn't really talk about this, but Republicans passed... um, some sort of law during the lame duck session or some sort of bill that allowed um, funds for public schools to be diverted um, into um, other other places in the state. So I, again, I just think that like th- this, these are all great things and hopefully specifically with the issue of education, I can, I can see how that would be helpful with that one issue mm-hmm. particularly. Yeah. I think that was, yeah, that was something big that I guess we could have talked about was one of the, the executive actions was um, funneling or saying saying that money was going to be stripped from the education budget for yeah. roads rather than you know tax increases or something that actually would help everybody. Yeah. Uh, so they decided that they would rather steal from schools. Right. To help fix roads. Anyways, uh, what were we on? Was that seven? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, that was like six. six. Okay, seven. Uh, any state department or agency that proposes legislation must run it by the state budget director and the governor's director of legislative affairs. Um, uh, that sounds good. <laughs> it sounds good. It's I think just, it's a similar idea of getting the whole picture yeah. when making requests. Yeah. Yeah. Just a very like bureaucratic beige sounding executive action, which probably means that it's a good thing. Um, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> say it's not that like a blanket that's a rule policy of, of the podcast. <laughs> but and not, so. the good it's things are not always sexy, when is gov- basically what jo- John, the, is that yeah. what you're trying to say? When the government's working right, it's really boring. Yes. It should be super boring. It should be extremely boring. The government is really exciting right now, and that's not a good thing no, by not. anybody's standards. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so good to see some, some beige. <laughs> good to see some boring back up beige. in here. Yes. Thank you. It's very refreshing. Uh, number eight. Enhancing the role of the state government to expand businesses in low-income areas and businesses business areas they see as underutilized. This one hits close to home to me. I do live on the uh, the border of South Lansing, and so it, it, it even here it gets frustrating with all of the you know economic development that's happening in Lansing and like the cool areas like Old Town and Rio Town and Downtown. But there's such a huge swath of the city is South Lansing, and I feel like not enough. Of everything is being funneled into that, so the more that the the state government can do to help sort of steer economic development towards those areas, because um, I, I mean I've talked about this before of like progress, and there's a lot of cities in Michigan that 
especially in the past, you know, five, 10 years have started to get really gentrified. Um, and it's, you know, there's areas that become really nice, but it's, you know, just like bars and restaurants and clothing stores, but important things are also like machine shops and, you affordable know, housing, affordable housing and, you know, beige things, beige, <laughs> boring, non-sexy things. Yeah. And there's, you know, this, the, the area, I'm, I'm just relating this to South Lansing, but there's, you know, a really good workforce there and there's a lot of land that could really be redeveloped and they're spending tons of money to build up these new high rises and, you know, some swampy areas just because they're close to the cool areas. But it's like, there's tons of businesses that are already built in the South of the part of the city. I'm just going on a rant about Lansing, but you can relate. (laughs) Anyways, this is a topic for another day, but, uh, I really relate to this. So yeah, so the um, this directive is um, especially aimed at all government contracts. They're supposed to um, first look at economically disadvantaged areas, which I think is really cool and really important that instead of maybe giving all the important contracts to Kent County, because that's where all of the big Republican donors and your family members are, um, looking at other areas of the state. Not that Kent County doesn't also have communities that could use help right now, um, but making sure that you're looking first at areas where we do have underutilized workforces, which I think is great. Yeah. Uh, Great executive action. They're all great. (laughs) Number nine, barring LGBT discrimination uh, with this directive, in state services or by state contractors. So I believe this was in place before and then it was gone, but now we're bringing it back. Now we're back, bringing it back. I also think that like, yeah, this is an extremely important thing to do because again, it's like, come on guys, we got to get the bare minimums in place here in terms of like non-discrimination policies. Um, Obviously things were bad for a while because of Bill Schuette um, and he basically, yeah, he had an agenda to go after folks because of, Probably, I, I don't know if he personally believed it or not, but he definitely took money from people who believed it. Um, but so this is good. Michigan definitely still has a lot to do in terms of non-discrimination, though, because you can still lose if you work in the private sector, you can still lose your job or be denied housing based on sexual orientation. So that's something that still needs to be worked on. Um, but this is great. And because she did this like what her third or fourth day in office. So that was like yeah. really huge. 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 Um, Number 10 is, you know, on similar lines, it is looking to ensure uh, equal pay for female state workers. So some of the main things that it does is it uh, bars state departments and agencies from asking about a job applicant's current or previous salaries until an offer of employment with proposed compensation is made, which is something that everybody should be happy about, Uh, not just, you know, people who have been marginalized by uh, hiring systems, I guess. Uh, just hearing that, it sounds like something that I think anybody would want if they're going through a job application process. Uh, so yeah, and then on top of that, the departments can't use public records or databases to search for that information. Hmm. Uh, probably even if you've worked for, you know, a government agency before, because they they it's list the, the salary. Right. Your, yeah, your salary is public, and you know, working for a university or anything like that. So yeah, that's another really, really nice thing. Yeah, and I feel like that is um, obviously. I think it's good for all people because you should be paid on the basis of the value that you provide to your employer. Um, but a lot of folks who are concerned with women's equality in the workplace um, have shown that historically that's one of the biggest reasons why women aren't making as much as their male coworkers is because they were undervalued at their last workplace. And so future workplaces use that as a reason to then 
pay them less again. And yeah, it's again. a bad cycle. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. So, executive actions, like Mariel said, this is like her third day in office and already looks to be some some strong and good things coming out of her administration and uh, excited to see what keeps happening going forward. Uh, let's get into some, let's get into a silver lining. So this silver lining isn't going to seem... <laughs> it's not a silver lining, but it's funny. <laughs> it's kind of a silver lining. It, it is, though. It is, though. As the story goes on, it seems like it's not one, and then it becomes one. To me, anyways. We'll see. We'll just, pick it apart as you go along. So, and I am not, not a fan of this show. So the, <laughs> the title of the article is Exposed by NTV's Catfish, Lansing Woman Who Posed as Chris Brown Online Wants to Move On. So that sounds bad off the start. What a if, nightmare storm of a headline. For everyone not familiar with the show Catfish, it's, I think, on MTV. And basically what it is is people who suspect that the, the person they've been dating that they met online is not who they say they are. Uh, these two guys who are, one of them, Neve something, he, he was in a documentary where this had happened to him. And so they come and they investigate and try to figure out who the person really is and then set up sort of a meeting or confrontation between the people. It's great trashy TV. I personally have binge-watched it before, (laughs) Um, so I'm not innocent in this whole thing. Um, Some of the episodes are much sadder than others, Uh, but this one actually seemed to have a bit of a silver lining at the ending. So uh, so just to go through some of the article. So for seven years, starting when she was 15, the Lansing resident posed online as pop star Chris Brown. Why you would pose as that? I mean, that's not a good person to pose that. He's a terrible person. Anyways, uh, said she did it to attract and pursue four women who are interested in romantic relationships with the Grammy Award-winning singer. On January 2nd, viewers of Catfish discovered uh, her multiple layers of deception. So I remember seeing online a while ago that they had actually filmed an episode here, and they had to really keep it under wraps uh, until the episode comes out so people didn't really know like who it was or you know, where it was specifically in Lansing. So, uh, so she not only created a fake Chris Brown Facebook page, but also tried to disguise her voice over the phone to convince one woman that she was talking to Brown. Her relationship that was the subject of the episode was with a woman named Shakina Mateen, uh, who lived in Moreno Valley, California. And it let, so it lasted three years until Mateen contacted. So this woman thought that Chris Brown was talking to her for three years and part of the reason they found her is that she was using a Lansing uh, area code for one of the phone numbers. Right. Can we just pause for a second here? Sure. So <laughs> if Chris Brown starts talking to you on Facebook, you should block them because right. at best... It's he's Chris an abuser. <laughs> I was going to say, at... Canceled. Right. At, at best, it's someone catfishing you. At worst, <laughs> you are talking to Chris Brown. So... Yeah, absolute True. best case scenario is that it's actually Chris Brown, close, and he's worse than the catfisher. Close the window, burn your computer. Like, I actually think best good. case scenario is what happens in this yes. story. Right, right. Yes. So I'll, uh, let me go on. Um, so, yeah, so Powell said that she never wanted to hurt Mateen, uh, but she became interested in catfishing as a teenager after she was duped into thinking rapper Lil Wayne was sharing messages with her. So That's it happened an, to her it's first. An, interesting path to cycle it's a cycle it's a cycle yeah so on the show they you know they did the typical they confront each other and Mateen was very upset by it uh and I, I don't know exactly how it ended on the show itself I don't think it ended super well but the silver lining is that since the show aired uh Powell has found herself in a friend relationship with Mateen they call themselves best friends now 
which wow. is crazy. Uh, so both Powell and Mateen have diabetes and have found a bond giving each other advice about their health and overcoming a history of hardships in their families. Um, and Powell said that her new relationship with Mateen has really helped rearrange her perspective on life. Mm. She says that uh, she always has something to converse with, especially now that she still finds herself uh, being criticized as a catfisher. So, it's, yeah, she was people who watched the show found out exactly where she lived and she was getting, um, you know, hate mail and all that. But she was also getting nice mail. Someone sent her like an edible arrangement that said, like, <laughs> just be you like you can get over this. Just Aww. be you and not fake Chris Brown on the internet. <laughs> right, right. Lauren is upset by this I'm story. so angry. Well, it could have been anybody else. There's so many other nice R&B singers. Mm-hmm. And they had to pick Chris Brown. Neo. Does anyone remember the Chris what Brown Neo What is Neo doing? What is Neo he's doing? He's still doing music. With, and it's with, still just as good it's as like it was. He's, <laughs> he's with Ja Rule on an island somewhere. <laughs> the yeah. rest of the island of Misfit Toys. Um, Don't say that to Lauren. She obviously yeah. loves Neo. Genuine. Okay? <laughs> Should have pretended to be genuine. I want to vacation on that island. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, the story finishes out with uh so both paul and mateen would love to hear from the real chris brown but <laughs> they don't anticipate any response and haven't received one yet they intend to focus on their friendship and mateen said that she'd even consider moving to lansing someday though she hasn't been back since mtv flew her out of the show mateen open invitation you can come on the show anytime <laughs> if you happen to hear this we need to hear more of the story so you and lauren can battle it out yeah because why chris brown also yeah, the catfishing. You don't want to hear from Chris Whatever. Brown. You want to hear from us. This is what you want to hear from. Are you suggesting that we start catfishing people? No, okay. I'm simply suggesting. <laughs> Never mind. Let's just slide <laughs> into people's idea. DMs as Midwest also, nice. <laughs> The whole thing, every episode is like, you can watch it and say like, how did this person not know? Mm-hmm. But then it's also like, they probably like do, but they're just, you know, telling themselves that it is to make themselves feel better you know what i mean if you're dating someone for like three years and you never like interact with them via like video chat or in person you're being catfished yeah yeah and i i just it's people you know it's therapeutic to them i guess and they're convincing themselves that they have this. I mean, it seems like there was something real there. I mean, and these folks developed a friendship, probably yeah. based on some of the things that they were talking about as different personas. Welcome so, to Midwest yeah. Nice, the modern dating podcast. <laughs> right. The real good place was in the bad place. All okay. Along. New, okay, we're changing the format of the show. It's going to be half. It's going to be half Pod Save America, half Love Line. From like the early 2000s on MTV. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Or that was like late 90s with Dr. Drew. Um, no, early 2000s. Love Line? I think so. No, I think it was 90s. I think Dr. Dr. Drew was Someone Google 2000s. it right now. No, yeah. I, you know what? I know I'm right, so we don't need to Google it. <laughs> okay, we'll give her that one. We'll give her that one. We, we were pretty harsh on her in the last segment. You were. But yeah, so I think this ended up in a nice little silver linings. Uh, other people in this room... <laughs> Do not agree with me. No, I think it's nice that they I friends. thought it was nice. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> I was having trouble finding, like, a really nice story this week. Well, the Gretchen Whitmer segment was just so nice that it was, yeah. the second half was just all when, nice. When Couldn't normally we nice. like to find things about, like, you know, two different animals becoming friends or, like, 
the so horse like, traveling the across horse the country. <laughs> oh, it was a cow. Moose in a hospital. Like, a <laughs> yeah, that, right kind, now. that kind of stuff. Oh, I did see that story. That was we can't become predictable. You, we will not be put in a box. We will be surprising you well, with our silver, silver linings. We've people. done something similar before because we did the silver lining on the group of women that were running the illegal casino in Lansing. Oh, yeah. Just because we Lauren thought it was really cool. <laughs> just because we thought it was cool. Well, it's, it's more like silver guys. linings local flavor is what I mm-hmm. feel like this section is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I like it. It's versatile. Yeah. And you there's know what? So we many... made up this whole podcast, so I don't even care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we only... can do whatever we want. There's only so many pants babies stories out there. <laughs> You're right. They can't all be winners. They can't all be pants babies. They can't all be pants babies. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Great to be back. Again, we say that every time now because it's usually two to three week breaks in between. See you in a month, Mariel <laughs> and all of our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, I, I talked about it last time, I will find a way to make this easier to do so we can do it faster and I try mean, to get one out every week. I guess more than one of us could learn how to do it, but yeah. currently it's just John nah. who knows how to do any well, of it. Well, the biggest thing is that we have to set up all this stuff. And Anyway, we won't, bo- we, won't, we, won't, we won't bore you with the details. <laughs> with the, but with the, you don't want to know how the sausage is made. Details, but quick, quick, exciting little thing here. So oh, you yes. can follow us on Twitter at Midwest NiceCast. You can follow us on Instagram at Midwest Nice Podcast. You can follow us and subscribe and rate and like our podcast um, on Stitcher, Google Play, um, iTunes, and now Spotify, which is really awesome. And we're super excited to yes. be able to reach more people. With that, so you can go on there, search Midwest Nice on Spotify and follow us, and you'll be able to get our podcasts uh, every week. Or, sorry, well, that whoa, that was an over-promise, uh, every, under-deliver situation. Every time we do it. Every time we do a podcast, which is, who knows, but uh, we will be doing them. part of the fun. Yeah, so imagine the day. It's a Tuesday. It's boring. You wake up. You're like, ah, oh, boring day ahead of me. And then you see our podcast on your Spotify, ready to go. Come on, people. You love it. Get it Do together. It. Get it together. Get it together. Get it together. Be our friend. Help. Um, Gretchen, come on the podcast. <laughs> Gretchen Whitmer, please come on the podcast. Please. Uh, that's all I got. Anything else? No. Mm-mm. All right. It's time to go. Happy 2019, everyone. Farewell. <laughs> no. Oh. For now. Nobody ever likes it when they sing. Anyway, I'm going to start the outro song. Bye. All right. Goodbye, Bye. everybody. <laughs>